Welcome to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Our purpose is to have fun talking about small business stuff. Along the way, we'll give you knowledge and tools to succeed with your small business, whether you're just starting out or you're established. I'm Jack Mancini, and I'm here with my business partner, Adam Sunholder. That's right. We're uh, small business guys, and we talk about small businesses being anywhere from 1 to 25 employees. And that's the vast majority of the, the companies that exist here in the United States, and that's what we do uh, day-to-day, but we're also here for the show uh, on Mondays from noon to 1 here. We're, we're, we're geared towards helping the small businesses by sharing some of our stories uh, between our collective experience of having owned and operated over 20 companies ourselves, uh, coached and advised hundreds more through our careers, and Jack and I've been together for about 15 years uh, doing our, our day-to-day business coaching, and we've been on this show for, for, for a while now as well to help share our personal experiences as well as those of our clients and let you know that uh, no matter what you're facing there as a small business owner, Chances are you're not the first time for anybody going through this. There's answers for those things. And so we're going to share some stories as part of our program today to help you with that and help, hopefully help you guide you through whatever's kind of sticking you today in terms of what's uh, causing your problem. So stay tuned for, for a great show here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Okay, today's show, we have four segments, four standard segments, and we're probably going to keep with those pretty much today. First one is we're going to explore a common myth of small business ownership, and we're going to debunk that. Uh, we, we have fun doing that. Again, the, the big theme of the, the show here is to have fun with small business situations here. So the first segment is to debunk common myths of small business ownership. The second segment is the dirty secret of the week. The third segment is going to be how come, how come, with a question mark. I'm going to ponder the world and come up with a couple of issues, starting with how come. And we have a little fun with that. In fact, we have a lot of fun with that. It goes all over the place. And the fourth segment is a small business success story in which Adam's going to choose from one of our many hundreds of clients. Uh, Many have been successful, and he's going to pull one of those successful stories out and talk about it. Okay, you know most business owners are stuck in a state of how. What the heck is that? How do I make a profit plan? How do I present my company? How do I do those endless, endless decisions and and ideas that come to me as I'm running my business on a day-to-day? You know, how do I find good people? How do I do a marketing plan? Again, the end is uh, the, the how questions that come up during the day are endless. You know, we're Maximum Value Partners, MVP, and we're business coaches. Adam and I, as he said, have been together for over 15 years, and we help small business owners get unstuck from that state of how. And if one of the how questions you're asking yourself today is, how do I get a hold of you guys if you're not on the air? And that's very simple, a couple ways. One is you can call us at 877-849-0670. Again, that number is 877-849-0670. For our radio listeners, again, you can email us at radio at MaximumVP.com. You can also check out our website, MaximumVP.com, or if those of you are Facebookers, we're on Facebook as well at Facebook.com forward slash MaximumVP. So lots of ways to get a hold of us. That's one of the questions that you've been wrestling with, too. So let me jump into our, our common myth here today, Jack. Uh, as Jack mentioned, uh, we often will start our show with a, a common myth that we'd like to debunk. And this is one that's come up, come up quite a bit lately uh, with, with some of our clients. We wanted to make sure we kind of got it out there so we could, we could debunk it not only for them, but for those of you listening today. And that is that things will take care of themselves. Things will take care of themselves. And so... That seems like a convenient rationale 
for folks who don't like either potential conflicts or making tough decisions. But as a business owner, as we always tell our clients, Jack, that's why I get paid the big bucks, right? To make those tough decisions that's or have those conflicts, say. right? That's right. The buck stops here kind of thinking. All right. So depending on the situation, this can be a good strategy. The idea of things will take care of themselves. I know one of Jack's favorite strategies when it comes to email is letting them sit for a little while and percolate. And often things tend, tend to resolve themselves. It's amazing how that works, Adam. With with uh, you know, time is a very powerful thing. And basically, if you if you just let them sit, and that's just not emails, but any any decision, uh, time will take care of those. And the problem with that is sometimes you're gonna you're gonna go in your favor, and sometimes it's gonna go against you. You you don't really increase your odds by taking little action, other than hey, time will take care of this. Right. And it could be it could be very tempting to make that an over an overall strategy as opposed to doing it um, you know again when it's when it makes sense to let it just happen all the time and stay laser focused on on some different things so you got to pick those things because if you don't decide them somebody on the outside or somebody else will decide them and so that isn't always the best thing for for you or your company to, to, to let somebody else or to let things just kind of take care of themselves. And so, you know, just a couple of different examples of that. And, you know, these, again, come from, from very recent experience with, with, with a couple of clients of ours. And what if you have, a, have some clients who aren't really paying their bills in a timely fashion? And now they're into you for some significant money. Well, I guess... Things will just take care of themselves, won't they, Jack? If you kind of let things kind of go, that's that's, that's one right. approach, isn't they it? Take care of yourselves, <laughs> and all of a sudden you're a bank, and uh, uh, everyone's everyone's coming to you for credit. So. Right. So so often, what can happen in those situations, and we've seen this happen, where things take care of themselves, is that the bank, okay, the actual bank, not not you as the as the the, the vendor who, who who is owed money, but the actual banks will come in because the banks have security in terms of assets for the company. So the banks can literally come into a company if they aren't paying their bills in a timely fashion and literally just seize assets. Seize assets, shut you down, and put you out of business. And and, uh, certainly your personal assets are often involved with those kinds of things, too. All right. So if you are a creditor who's owed money by by a customer of yours and the bank goes to that customer of yours and closes them down, well, guess what? It took care of itself. It took care of itself from the standpoint that the bank's going to get as much money as they can and you're getting bupkis. That's that's exactly right. Right. You know, the owner of a company, we, we coach this uh, uh, because it's so important. There's a three-word description for the owner of a company, and that is that his job or her job description consists of three words, plan, direct, and control. Uh, the planning part, oh, all three of these are the job of the uh, owner, but the planning part is just that. You lay out a plan for your company, and then you're going to monitor your activity against that plan. So things aren't taking care of themselves because you're going to direct the activity of the execution of that plan. So you create a plan, you direct your people on board to execute that plan. And the control part are the series of meetings and reports. If done well, it it really creates a winner. So things, when we say things will take care of themselves, and that's a myth, 
they're they're going to take care of themselves with your guidance and that's really what we're looking for here not just hope that somehow things will rectify they will rectify but they usually aren't, aren't going to go your way <laughs> well you're, you're bringing up a good point jack and and communication is always is always very tough it's a big reason why when we have our our our, our day-to-day jobs of, of coaching small companies jack and i meet with all of our clients together because even some of the simple things can, can often get miscommunicated or misconstrued so um, as jack's talking i'm thinking make sure that we make the point that we don't advise our clients to be micromanagers to be involved in every little thing that's going on At the jack's point if you have a good plan in place and good people in place and we have confidence that they can execute that plan you know with your guidance that's what you want them to do it isn't you coming in and overseeing them or, put, or putting that thumb on them to make sure that, you, that you're involved in every little little decision but that's when that plan as jack's talking about is in place so have that plan laid out and have confidence in it versus just say no plan in place and just say people are going to kind of do what they just do, Just show right? up and everyone yeah. shows up and somehow they know what to do and they'll do the right things. It's, it doesn't work that way. And I think most small business owners know that. But they don't, they don't often know what to do about it. They don't like it. They don't like the fact that, that they aren't controlling their business, but they don't know what to do. And that's where certainly coaching comes in. But uh, it's, it's, it's going to be for every successful company – you're going to see a plan in place and at least a strong attempt to try to execute on that plan. Very important. Yes, a couple things as we get ready to wrap up the segment here before we had to break, which is make sure that you're in charge, okay? And through the the, the plan, direct control, again, that being your job description as the owner, that's a great point that that Jack's making. So make sure that, that, that you're the one in charge. And be more conscious of things and, and being more deliberate about your decisions. And so don't just slough things aside and say it's going to take care of itself. Understand what, you know, what are key priorities in your business. And so one of those things that, that for, for any company, I don't care what state you're in in terms of growth or, or, or bumping along or maybe, maybe declining a bit, cash flow is a key part of that. Mm, yes. So you got to make sure you're paying attention to that, very, very aware of that. And don't let things take care of themselves because there's some very powerful forces out there that can that can you know, make things very difficult for you. It's one thing to be patient with a, a customer who hasn't been paying very well, but it's another thing just to kind of let it kind of take care of itself as well. So keep those things in mind as you're, as you're going through your day-to-day to not just let things take care of themselves, but get your plan laid out, get your people in place to make that stuff start to happen. So... All right, stick around. When we come back, we're going to be digging into and, and revealing our, our dirty secret of the week. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. As we said, we're business coaches, and we can help you get unstuck from all those how questions in your business. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners, MVP. We're business coaches who help owners of small companies get unstuck from the state of how. The heck does that mean? All those millions of how questions that every small business owner has on a regular basis, they should be asking them to us because we've probably seen them, touched them, uh, experienced them one way or another over our, our years of being involved with small businesses. Don't wrestle with all those hot questions on your own. We can help you. We love helping small business owners get unstuck, and we've been doing it with many successfully for years. You can you can email us at radio at MaximumVP.com or hit us up on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash MaximumVP. We can get some questions there as well. We'll read your, your questions on the air and answer them that you know, as well as going back to you directly. So. 
Correcto. All right. So as you know, this show is called Dirty Secrets of Small Business, and we reveal and dig into a dirty secret every week. And so this is the point in the show where where we're going to get into our dirty secret this week. And that is, small business can make America great again. Oh boy, what a what a true statement that is, Adam. I don't know if people knew that or not, but you know, small business can really make America great again. You know, it's a little aggravating to hear all the politicos talking about it and and uh, talking about how great small businesses are and how they're the big job creators and we're going to help small businesses. But every year, it just doesn't seem to be the case. More and more regulations, more and more non-help, a lot more talking, but not a lot of doing, it seems. But uh, I couldn't agree more that, you know, America really can be great again. It's still a great country, but it could be greater, greater than it is if we could just unshackle the the harness that we have around small businesses with, with all the regulations. And it's not just the federal level. It's state and local. Right. All these little fiefdoms that are being created. Well, for those of you who've only read about or heard about small business and really never been involved with one or part of one, you know, some of the, the, the real benefits of, of a small company versus a larger company, you can be very nimble very flexible, very malleable when you compare it to a big company. You know, it's uh, it's easier to execute a strategy and change course. You can have ideas this morning, which you can put into, into practice this afternoon. I mean, we have different opportunities that, 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 that come up. Well, if you're in a big corporation or a big organization, well, it takes often days, weeks, months to get through different red tape and checkoffs, everything else to make stuff happen, that in today's day and age, you know, to be able to react very quickly is a very, very good competitive advantage. And so being part of a small company like that is very, very good. Be able to see ideas that you have. Like I said, have ideas that get put into practice very, very quickly. You know, we were, we were, we were meeting last week with, with a, a prospective new customer, and, uh, and uh, one of the new people on board there has been on board for maybe three months. And her history is really with big company, big corporations. You know, some pretty pretty sizable organizations. And she's having just a blast. You know, this is again about three months in, but she's having just just an absolute blast being with a small family-run company. And I say small again. This is you know probably 50, you know fifty employees or so, and so it's small compared to what she's used to. Um, but again, just you know, even with all the different drama and things that that, that happened as part of a family company, so you know what, it, it it's fantastic compared to being in, in that bigger corporate structure. I can't get things done. So uh, to have an idea, I know who to go to to get stuff done. Contrast is huge, right. isn't it? And she, to your point, she's having a lot of fun. No right. question. You know, there there's arguably 25 million small businesses in this country. Many of them can be one one shops, uh, one one person shops working out of their basement. But nonetheless, that's that's a, a pretty big number. And politicians and the general conversation likes to talk about jobs. We don't necessarily like to talk about it because you know you don't consciously go into business to create jobs. You go into the business to make profits. But there's 25 million, arguably, small businesses in the country. And if just 10%, 10% can get better, that's one of the objectives we have, to make companies better. I mean, that's what we're all about. But if they can be better, defined as increasing their profits and understanding how to run their business more successfully, just take 10% of that, 2.5 million of those companies could be hiring additional people. 
I mean, it's a simple formula. If the regulators and the, the, the mumbo-jumbo that's talked about in so many places gets out of the way and we can make small businesses better, more profitable, understand how they run better, the owners, so that they can, they can create jobs. But small businesses not only do that, but they're the community fabric which makes communities even better. Because they'll be the ones who can innovate, to Adam's point before, you can make a quick decision as a small business owner and have an impact on your community. Little things popping up, new ideas, new decorative uh, features, uh, new foods, new, new things that make life in your community much better. So two things hit, creating jobs, and they aren't, they aren't necessarily bad jobs at all. They're good jobs. And as these companies grow, the communities get better in many, many ways. So jobs, quality of life, that's a big deal. And those, those things create uh, more revenue. As, as, as people are employed, obviously, there's more revenue and more tax dollars for, for our government friends. All boats rise with uh, a well-run company. And that's all at the heart of small businesses. Yeah, it's, a, it's a great way to take control of your, of your future. You know, we, we had a, another meeting with, with the prospect last week, and this is a great example of it. We had a couple of very young guys, and, uh, and the, the one's 23, one's 18. And the one's still finishing up his degree, and he said, this is absolutely crazy. He said, you know, because they started a company about 18 months ago and gone from zero, zero dollars in revenue to six figures in, in, in just 18 months. And the, the growth potential is tremendous. And they, they've gone from, from just the two of them to now they have about half a dozen folks who are working for them on a regular basis. They've, they've, they've rented office space, and they're getting ready to, to be able to expand that office space and probably get to the point where they're going to be hiring their first employees here, all within, all within a couple of years. And so you have an 18-year-old who's just graduated high school. You have a 23-year-old who's going through school and saying, how crazy is it for, for, for people to go through school to get a bunch of debt, to get a college degree, then you know, who knows what you're going to do with things. He goes, versus this. These guys and, are so refreshing. Yeah. yeah. To and, us, they were so refreshing. And, and so it's a great example of, okay, to have that ability to, to have the, the control over, over your destiny. You know, they're, they're putting in tons of time and, you know, and effort right now, but they can get information. And you know, the reason they're, they're coming to us is things are growing pretty quickly. And they aren't, they, they have no formal business training. They've kind of learned a lot here in the first 18 months in business, but they know that there's so much more out there. And they're at the point now where it's getting to to be some real money for them. And so they want to make sure that that they do things in the right way. Yeah, one one of our most successful clients. They've been with us for a long time, too. When we started with them, they were doing probably somewhere south of a half a million dollars in revenue. And they had three or four employees. And now, this year, they're closing in on their planning for 2017. Their revenues are going to be over $6 million, and they're over 30 employees. Now, you tell me, and, and the products they're delivering and the services they're delivering are in big demand, and they're doing it well. So we have an organization that's making the community better, making its employees better, and these are high-paying jobs. And, you know, how can you deny that that is the way to go? Because they're going to keep going and <laughs> who knows where their success will end. Uh, you know, they just keep improving. And again, all boats rise when you have a situation like that. And we have several other stories that our, uh, our, cl- our clients are, are basically positioned to do the same thing. If they grow and they bring in technology, they embrace it. They're young. They're enthusiastic. They, they bring in best practices. And they're having fun. 
and nothing, nothing is more fun than having success. And we define that as growing sustainable profits. Yeah, and, and, and building the organization, taking care of people. And you can do it in a way where you aren't necessarily restricted by some of the things that you, that you get in big corporate America. So you bring in, take care of your people. You can pay them you know, what, what, you know, what, what they're worth, not have to have certain pay grades, but also be creative with things. You know, we have a client who's you know, paying, paying one of his uh, people a, a little lower wage than he could, he could probably command in the open market, but he has other benefits that, that, he's, that he's able to give them. And so he has, some, he has some good flexibility to make that start to happen because he's able to have a heart in terms of talking to somebody about what's going on, what's going to work for them, you know, what, you know, what works for you in, in your position. And we have you know, numerous examples of that where it's, hey, here's what they need, and they're bringing so much more to the table. So when it looks like from just a pure uh, payment standpoint, it may not be, they might be being paid with their, with their worth, but hey, when you look at the total package pulled together, and then that plus the ability of working for for a small company where what you say is is meaningful it's a big part of uh, of having that impact on, on, on the direction of the company is always fan fantastic so no question from where we sit small businesses can make America greater again absolutely no question all right so stay tuned when we come back we're going to be digging into to Jack's mind here with our how come part of the show I'm Adam Sonhalter and I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners as we say we're business coaches and we can get you unstuck from all those how questions that you have about your business welcome back Dirty Secrets of Small Business And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners, MVP, Most Valuable Player. We're business coaches who help owners of small companies get unstuck from the state of how. What does that mean? You as a small business owner have all these endless how questions. We know you do. We've we've solved so many, so many uh, problems of small business owners by answering these how questions. You know, we love to help small business owners defined as 25 employees all the way down to one. There's nobody like us out there, and we do a good job, and we absolutely love our clients. Yeah, one of the things the clients often try to figure out is how do they get in a good state of mind. And uh, I was listening this morning to, to, to some Margaritaville radio, and it's good to hear, hear Jimmy Buffett playing some more. It's I, I dare you to listen to, to, to Jimmy Buffett for more than like you know twenty minutes or half an hour, and and, and you'll feel better. Just you'll feel you'll feel calmer. You'll have, you'll have good visions in terms of uh, whether it be the, the ocean coming in and crashing. Just you know, you find yourself smiling a little bit more. So often music you always know, a good thing to do. You yeah, know? a smile will kind of keep you going. Music's a great way to kind of help. Calm, calm things down and kind of just kind of get your mindset um, or kind of reset in a, in a positive way. So uh, I don't know how Alan knew that was good, but that's, 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 that's right in my wheelhouse for today. So, all right. So we're at the point, point of our show where we're going to dig into Jack's brain here a little bit, which is that we were call the how come part of our show. And we're going to see a question that Jack's been pondering here. And he starts with that question with the how come. And we're going to try to Try to see what's on his mind today. So what do you got for us today, Jack? I got a couple of them. I'm going to throw a couple of uh, early curveballs out here. and uh, I'll see if I can hit them. Let's see. That's right. You know, the first one. The first one is actually going to be three. Two kind of throwaways and, and one with a little more meat. But they're all light. All light fare today. Okay. How come it's called a witness stand when the witnesses sit? Why is that? Is that the lawyers screwing around with us again? They're always trying to gain an advantage with their language. A witness stand. Well, I've, never sit, seen, right? I've never, never seen. I've never seen. You ever see them standing up there? That's. I, I've never. Lawyers seen are them standing stand. up, but not, yeah. 
That's right. Let's go back in ancient times again. We find ourselves going back with some of these phrases and words uh, going back in thousands of years. So maybe they stood at one point in time and they never quit it. The other one, how come we sit in the stands at the ballpark? (laughs) You can tell where my mind was. It was watching some event somewhere and I'm thinking, okay, they call it stand, sit. Wait a minute. How do how come? There's so many stories in the language we use, but I don't know where that started from. But I, you know, if you look up the words and how many people do, how many people even care? Right, so, right. but they're going to think more about this. It's going to be one of those little factoids that you drop over a drink somewhere. Okay, those are two. Those are two throwaways today of how comes. All right, here's a, here's another one. This is the one we're going to talk about. And when 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 we talk about it, we we try to relate this how come pondering to small business in the small business world. There's always lessons to be learned here. And Adam likes to try to anticipate (laughs) what it is. That's right. Because he doesn't hear these outcome questions before we get on the show and talk. So, how come people keep trying to vacuum up that string? And you know what I'm talking about. And when it doesn't get picked up, they'll pick it up. They'll physically pick it up and then put it down again to give the vacuum another chance. <laughs> Why do people do that? And they might even do it more than once. They'll take that little string, they'll vacuum over, it doesn't pick up, they'll pick it up, put it down, go over it again. Yeah, just Why do- make sure you, re- you reposition it just to get it get it to the right spot so it can be sucked up and, and taken away, right? So how come <laughs> how come people do that? And they do do it. Because if I because here's why I do it. If, if I put it in my pocket, I'll forget about it, and I'll run through the wash. Then I'll come out. I'll pick it up again anyway, right? And I'll pick it up out of the the lint drawer and, 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 and as part, no, of, part of the dryer. It the, it'll make it to the trash then. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe people have a quest, but I think probably ninety percent of the people who run a vacuum are going to come across that situation, and they're going they're going to do the same thing. Sure, wiggle it around to give it leverage, and it won't get picked up again and then again. Okay. So we don't know why they do it, but they do it. And we can feel pretty confident that a large, large percentage of people do that. So how does this relate to a company? I have some ideas, but go ahead. I'll let you go first. Okay. (laughs) We have seen countless companies, and it always bugs me, okay, Uh, giving people another chance. And that's all right to give them another chance. But... To give them another chance and another chance, and and it often comes to that point where they give multiple chances. In other words, an employee isn't performing, and for whatever reason, well, I'm going to give Adam another chance. He's really a good guy, and well, Adam knows what he knows how to do. He knows what he knows how to do. So we can keep giving him chances. And he's not going to do anything different than what he knows how to do. He's going to keep messing up, but yet we give him a chance. It's like picking up that string. So I'm the string here. Okay. You're the string. I'm the string. That's how it works. So I'm going to do what I know how to do, which I'm going to lay on the carpet. I'm going to avoid the vacuum cleaners. It's trying to suck me to the left or the right. I'm going to keep on just gripping to the carpet until you give me a little, little nudge and maybe loosen me up a little bit. I'll still probably fight it at that point, right? Because that's what I know how to do. Well, my my company my company should let you go. We should pick you up after the first time, <laughs> put you in our pocket, because <laughs> you're gone. 
Now, if you aren't a good performer and after one time, not two, three, four times, it just doesn't. I my, my history, once in a while it works, but it's rare that when you have an employee who isn't making it for whatever reason, uh, try reassigning that person, maybe a little training, but don't expect that person to do something that they don't know how to do. They're going to keep performing at a certain level, and and that's very logical that they're going to do it because that's what they know how to do. Yeah, it could be confusing at times or frustrating to know what your job is as the owner or uh, I guess as a leader in almost any situation. And we use those three simple words Jack mentioned earlier today in terms of plan, direct, and control. And I was having a discussion actually late last week about this and because uh, yeah, I'm involved in a lot of different volunteer stuff from Rotary to my kids' school and PTU stuff. And people often don't want to be in the president's role, and I can never understand why. I mean, to me, that's always the best Yeah, you best were talking about that last week. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's absolutely the best place to be because if you do it and do it well and you're following that, that whole motto of plan, direct, direct, and control, things get pretty, you know, you can get a lot, a lot of very good things done. I think, unfortunately, what a lot of folks do, especially in the volunteer world, is they take over a leadership role. And in their minds, it means that they have to do everything. So they're do, do, do. And we see that a ton in business as well, where the owner is doing lots of different things. And they're doing stuff. They aren't leading. They aren't doing the plan, direct, control piece. They're putting out a fire over here and putting out a fire over there. And so they come to that proverbial string on the carpet and they keep nudging it along and they keep trying to help it and they keep on doing the job for them or I don't know necessarily that the string's a problem I think actually I was probably wrong it's probably actually the vacuum cleaner that, 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 that was a problem without <laughs> thinking about it Jack right so the Good. vacuum cleaner maybe isn't, isn't doing isn't doing its job right right so it's meant to be there and to suck things up and it's not working so well anymore so if you need a new vacuum cleaner maybe Jack's got a side job I don't know about here you know working with uh, the curb we can fix you up like we, right, yeah we got, got a, we got a deal today but you got you got to maintain stuff so maybe it's an old vacuum cleaner Cleaner, you got to kind of get fixed up, or you, 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 or you, or you get attached to it, right? It's like it's an old comfortable vacuum cleaner that that, that, that you're used to, and you don't want to get rid of it, right? So you got you got to decide what you're going to do with that vacuum cleaner. Are you going to fix it up and repair, it, you know, for another six month or couple year run? Hope it hope it goes well, or do you do you bite the bullet and have to go out and find a new you one? Know, and that, replace it, Jack? that sounds like one of those endless how questions, you know? <laughs> how do we how do how do we answer that? Well, you know, I don't I don't well, you know my feeling with. Adam and I have run and coached companies uh, through the years, absolutely, many of them, to say the least. And I don't like to keep retrying. I just don't. My, my life's experience has said probably 90% of those cases end up in disappointment when you, when you try to repurpose somebody. So, uh, you know, the biggest problem as an owner is directing come up with the plan that that can be done and when we say plan we don't talk about big academia academia pursuits here we we both uh, have had good schooling in our life and and uh god god bless all these professors and teachers through the years but they can complicate the small business defined as 25 down to one uh, they can complicate their life rather than help it with overly complex plans and the like but let's say we get a plan a simple plan together now you got to direct the people and that's not an easy chore because uh, people all have different uh, ideas different styles different makeups and trying to herd them, as they say, it's like herding cats. You know, they're all going in different directions. And uh, you aren't going to have 100% success with all your people. And today it's even more demanding 
with uh, the entitlement and the, the freedom that people expect to come in for employment. It's certainly not like it was a couple decades ago, and uh, it's changing dramatically. So, yeah, and directing, if you have good people that you can direct, it, it, it becomes easier and things get done. You know, we find, and this is always a tip-off for us, is a client will be talking about somebody, you know, one of their team members, a lot. And it's, well, hey, what are you going to do about that? Because you're talking about that person, and it's often negative. So often they're having to work around and work harder with that person there. And so it's a matter of at what point do you make that change? That's the first one of the first warning signs we see. You know, we meet weekly often with our clients. And, and uh, if they're complaining about uh, uh, Nancy or Tom, you know, that you, you know that Nancy or Tom is not uh, likely to survive here. So it's, it's uh, how do you, you know. How do you handle that is very important. That's right. And being objective, we can see it quickly, and so we'll point it out to them. So if you have some of those vacuum cleaners that aren't quite sucking up the strings in your in your company, <laughs> maybe it's time to kind of talk to somebody about what you want to do about that. So, all right, stay tuned. When we come back, we're going to be helping you figure out how to get your money. And so stay, stay tuned to hear about how to get your money. Uh, my name is Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. You know, we will and can help you frame those how questions that you have as a small business owner and, and provide a solution for getting out of them. You can play the game and you can act out the part. You know Welcome back Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We're business coaches who help owners of small companies get unstuck from the state of how. I know you have those how questions. I know you do. Every small business owner does. Chances are very good that we've probably heard those how questions and provided a solution to you already. We love helping small business owners get unstuck. All right, and the how how question we're going to dive into here for our small business success story, and we'll frame it in terms of how question. That's because that's what we uh, help people help people do. A couple things just to, to remind our, our listening audience here: we talk about small business. We're talking about companies with anywhere from one to twenty five employees. That's the vast majority of you out there, and that's the folks who we spend our time with day to day when we're coaching our clients. And we focus on our seven keys to success. Uh, if you're in front of a computer, you can head to our website at MaximumVP.com. There's a link there that says MVP Playbook. Click on that. You'll see a nice little visual for the seven keys to, to success. And the two that we're going to talk about today, you know, for, for this story are a couple ones. So one is the organization plan, and the, the other one is the cash forecast. Yeah, two big ones. Two, well, they're all big. All seven are big. But yeah. those two seem to be the particular bugaboos here <laughs> and it's and it's a it's a great way to, to help focus and frame for our clients what's going to be and what's being worked on because you know because as the owner there's so many things coming at you day to day it's often hard to, to, to keep things straight and those seven keys are a great way to help help ground you and keep you focused so in the case here a couple things were going on so we had a client who's experienced quite a bit of, of growth. And as we were coming in, he was also experiencing a cash pinch, which is not uncommon. You know, we often see cash pinches with growth because you have to fund that growth. And one of the ways you have to fund the growth or one of the things that often creates a cash pinch was the case here where he had a very successful year and he had a big tax bill due. Mm. So I don't know if anybody out there in the listening audience has ever had to write a, a tax bill that's more than six figures at once. I have to believe, Adam, that... Many, many of our listeners out here, the owners of small businesses, have been through a version of that. All of a sudden get whacked. They've had a couple successful years. Now they're getting whacked with a big surprise 
tax bill. That's right. And they're, and they're wondering, you know, they hear all these stories about, well, you know, can't you find ways for me not to pay taxes and everything else? Well, at the end of the day, it's one of the uh, um, the unfortunate side effects of success is you got to pay more taxes. And mm-hmm. if you as you earn more, though, you know, the, the, that tax rate also increases. You get into a higher tax brackets. And so uh, this client, had, you know, fortunately for him, during the course of his growth in the, in the prior year, he'd gone to the bank to get a his line of credit uh, doubled, which was great because he had to draw on that in order to pay some of his taxes. Yeah, right? that's right. Isn't that, isn't that a great thing? Yeah, you got to borrow money to pay taxes. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it, Jack? Anyway, so it's, it's, it's wonderful. So that, was, that was causing part One of, of my his, favorite things. <laughs> that was causing part of his trouble. The other part of his trouble was he had a, a very long term employee that, that that he inherited as part of the company that 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 he'd taken over, and uh, this employee was not doing a very good job of of collecting on accounts receivable. Uh, to the point, there were quite a few of the clients who were utilizing this company as a bank, which is not unusual as well. Again, most of you who are in business out there, you uh, whether you've, you've you've noticed it yet or not, uh, you should be aware that you are a bank. Uh, you're not uh, you're not you know, under all the scrutiny of all the SEC and everything else that that, that 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 the banks are often under. But as a small business, chances are you're, you're giving credit out pretty freely. So, so many small business owners are are just afraid afraid to be asking for their money and as it gets out there more extended they don't change their tune and you know we just scratch our heads on that you're you're entitled to this money it's fair square legal and you should be getting it and your your approach should be uh, uh, getting a little harder as you you move forward the older it gets but it's 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 very surprising to us and there are ways to do it and so for, for this story for this particular client Here's, here's a, a kind of way not to as well as a way to do it. So what was happening, as I, as I alluded to before, he had a longer-term employee who wasn't doing such a great job of collecting. And this employee's approach was to get pretty hard pretty quick, you know, and kind of be abrasive at times. And I guess what had happened was um, this person was sending an email to the owner and by accident had copied the customer on it. <laughs> and was saying a lot of very not-so-nice things about the customer in terms of you know, the, you know them making promises. These are all things that, that were true, but the tone of it was just pretty harsh. And it would have been harsh coming just to the owner, but then it was going out to this client as well. So um, not surprising that the, the client kind of called and was was pretty upset. And said, "Well, is this how you think about me, or is this how you guys handle your business?" And so, it wound up being the proverbial last straw as far as a way to uh, to have to relieve this employee of of their duties and kind of move them somewhere else and, and get them out of the organization. But it got the owner all of a sudden now in the last several months much much more ensconced in in, in, in collecting money. And having a different way to go about doing it where, you know, as the owner, you have a certain power, too. If you have your, your accounts receivable, accounts you know, payable or accounting person doing it, that's one thing. But when you as the owner get involved, it's a whole different discussion. Yeah, it raises, it raises the importance of it, uh, to say the least. Yeah. So, so we've been helping this owner with, 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 with quite a few techniques that we have found to be very helpful over the years. And he jokingly referred to it, uh, we saw him last, about how we're getting him comfortable being on a bed of nails. You know, in terms of him just describing him being out of his comfort zone. So, well, just make sure you don't sit down too quickly or too hard, and you'll be okay. That's that's right. So, you know, that's a, we we do a lot of that. You know, we should have degrees in psychology here. <laughs> so, so, so one of the things that, that that our client have been doing is he'd been going and sitting down and meeting with the owners of the, of the companies that, that that had owed him money to get their you know get their side of the story. And I'm guessing many of you listening have done that before too. And you've you've probably heard. And I think one of the things Jack and I will do here shortly is put together. 
kind of a top 10, if we can get, narrow it down to top 10, uh, top 10 excuses or, or, or stories about why you have, why somebody hasn't gotten paid yet. Because you know, we've heard them all or seen them all over the years. Once in a while, you get a few new ones here and there. But in general, people have similar kind of stories. And people want to pay. It's a matter of how do, you, how do you get them to pay. That's right. And so one of the things that he started to do pretty quickly was he took most of these clients who were, who were, who were slow paying and put them on what he was calling COD+. Plus. Which is good. So it was you know, COD. Sometimes that they ordered something new, they would pay cash, and then plus the plus part of the COD was that they would then also pay against what was owed. That way, they aren't building up. You know, where that debt was, they were slowly starting to kind of pay it down. And that was working for quite a few of these. But he had one in particular that was really a big number for him. It was almost a six-figure debt, and that, you know that's real it money. Was out very there. big, very big for his, well, his company, especially well, for any company. I, I, yeah. I don't care how wealthy you get. You know, six figures is still is still real money. And uh, and so for him, we, we had a few different strategies to, to, to have him kind of go back to. And so he got a chance to sit down. He met with the owner again. Uh, as well as their internal accounting person. And we said, why don't you ask him for his balance sheet? He said, what do you mean? So why don't you, why don't you ask him for his balance sheet and kind of, you know, kind of see, what, see where you are. You, you want to understand the reason for it is you want to understand where you stand. Are you the only person that this person owes money to? Chances are probably not. But you want to see, you know, do they owe a bunch of money to banks who are, who are going to be ahead of you if something goes wrong? Are you the biggest creditor? You want to just get a sense of kind of a flavor. What was, for, what was fun was his are. reaction. Like, that, that thought never even came across him, his mind. Yeah, it was almost one of those, well, can I, can I do that? <laughs> <laughs> of course you can do that, right? You, you, you can do that as well. That's what so many small business owners are faced with, you know, just the confidence to be able to do something. Those thoughts aren't there. So, yeah, that's, that's a great point. So we, we had him ask for that. Uh, we also had him, you know, had him ask for, to get some security. Part of the reason, too, you want to look at the balance sheet, you want to see what's there. Is there, is there an asset that you can, all of a sudden, you can all of a sudden attach yourself to? So we got a sense of that a little bit. And he said, well, one thing you want to go back to, too, is go back and ask for a personal guarantee. Ask, you know, ask the owner for a personal guarantee that he's going to take care of you. Because you know, the, the, the owner had actually alluded to that as part of the discussion. But you go back to make sure he's going to take care of you to make sure that things are taken care of versus you know, assuming things are going to be taken care of. Make sure you get that personal guarantee on things. So it's a couple things to kind of look at. That's if you're right. going to have trouble getting, getting collections, ask to see financials. Because at the end of the day, keep in mind, you're a bank. And he, he actually got this, this client to admit that. He said, look, I, you know, I'm, I'm acting like, like a bank here for you. So he said, hey, you know, give me some financials. So be sure to ask for those things. So ask for financials. Ask for, ask for personal guarantees. You'll be amazed how things start to flow a little differently when you're, when you're trying to collect money. You, from, you kind of move folks. up to the top of the line. You, you look better as a manager, as an owner, because you're talking a little more more sophisticated you aren't being unreasonable keep in mind this is your money to collect and if you're going to be a bank then act like a bank that's right so keep that in mind when you're trying to figure out how, how to collect your money that's a good way to go about doing it so all right we want to thank you for joining us on this week's edition of dirty secrets of small business we invite you to tune in every monday at noon if you have questions beforehand shoot us an email at radio at maximumvp.com check us out on facebook at facebook.com forward slash maximum vp or give us a call 877-849-0670 Okay, at Maximum Value Partners, we work hard, we really do, to build long-term relationships and become not only your valued advisors, but also your trusted friends. As we said at the outset here, we're in this to have fun and help people make sustainable profits. If you're looking to be successful, knowledgeable business owners and to take your company anywhere you want to go, we can help. 
You can subscribe to our podcast at iTunes if you missed the show or any of the other shows. You can also check us out on WINTradio.com. Go on the archive programs and select the show. Or check us out on TuneIn.com as well. 